Fourth of July celebrations are over now, and it's back to the grind until the next federal holiday, Labor Day, two months from now. In the spirit of looking ahead and planning accordingly, let's consider how we might make the coming Labor Day a joyous one. The dignity of the laborer that we recognize stems from his contribution to the betterment of society, the prosperity he merits for his efforts, and laws that ensure respectful working conditions, such as the eight-hour day and overtime pay. American and other societies have done a generally good job over the past century in advancing these interests, but progress has weakened over the past two decades for a few reasons. First, wages have stagnated. Second, a growing imbalance in wealth distribution has eroded the middle class. Third, the digital revolution and artificial intelligence are slowly but surely replacing human workers with technology, impacting the mid to low range of wage levels the most. If these direct hits to workers weren't hard enough, we see broader economic trends that imply further threats to their livelihood. First, a rapidly declining worker-to-retiree ratio that undermines health and retirement programs like Medicare and Social Security. Second, a high level of public and private debt that make taking on further debt to solve some of the above problems a challenge. What to do about all this? I wish I had the answers. I would only venture to opine that there is one megatrend that underlies most of the current problems, and that is the rapid aging of advanced economies. Average fertility for OECD countries, which includes most of Europe and the United States, is 1.68, well below the replacement rate. And if you think that's bad, Prosperous Asian nations are near demographic collapse. China, Japan, Singapore, and South Korea all fall below the OECD average. Investors might want to see if there's a play on nursing homes in Taiwan, because that country's fertility rate is 0.9. The U.S. rate is higher than all of these countries, though still below replacement, at 1.76. Why does this matter? For one key reason. Economic growth is the rising tide that lifts all boats. It derives from the input of labor and productivity. Productivity gains have slowed in the U.S. over the past decade, making a growing labor force critical. Eventually, the impact of the U.S. tax cuts will cease to be felt, as will other temporary economic stimulants, and the U.S. will return to a path of low growth. While some might assume a large workforce means more labor competition, it seems likelier that a large and growing workforce means more opportunity. Labor Day was instituted first in New York City in the 1880s, a time of high fertility and rapidly increasing immigration, and a time that saw a surge in the improvement of labor conditions for U.S. workers. Today we're at low tide, with the lowest birth rate ever registered in the U.S. In Les Miserables, Jean Valjean is sentenced to forced labor for life for stealing a crust of bread. His more fortunate contemporaries typically started work at 5 a.m. and worked till 8 or 9 p.m., with a break for lunch. Working conditions were dangerous and generally unhealthy. One wonders if labor's prestige around the world in the late 19th century across many different societies had less to do with the benevolence of employers or the rants of revolutionaries like Karl Marx than the simple, impressive growth in the world's workers. This is Seeking Alphas, Gil Weinrich.